This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I'm a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. In this episode, I had the opportunity to speak to Danny, who is the partner to Emmy, who I interviewed for episode number 31. Emmy gave birth to a baby as a surrogate for Henry and Lisa, and I interviewed them for episode number 14. I really like talking to partners of surrogates. They have a really unique perspective on the journey and Danny has some really great advice for partners but also for anyone considering surrogacy. I'm going to hand over now to Danny. Hi everyone, my name's Danny. Um, I'm Emmy's husband um, who was a surrogate for Lisa and Henry and last year gave birth to baby Harry. That's lovely. So we know how Emmy came to surrogacy. Can I ask, what was it like when she first raised that idea with you that she might go and be a surrogate for somebody? Yeah, when she, when she first raised it, it was obviously um, prior to having our third kid, uh, our third baby, Melina, and she wanted to do it because of the lengths that she went to to get Melina or that we went to to get Melina. And I thought at the time that it was a, a really noble idea um, and I respected her a lot for wanting to do it and thinking about doing it. But I honestly thought that once Melina was born and we were juggling, you know, three children, six years and under, um, that it was something that would have just gone to the back burner. Um, after she was born, I never brought it up with her again. And quite early on in the piece, um, she started to do a lot more research and started to talk to a few people. And that's when I thought, mm, hang on a minute, this is actually really going to happen. She's going to go through with you know, her little commitment she made to herself, which in the end of the, at the end of the day, didn't surprise me at all because that's the type of person she is. Um, so yeah, it was back on the table and like anything Emmy does once she gets an idea and it's just full steam ahead. Was there any point where you thought this is something I'm not comfortable with or I don't want her to do it? Only from a selfish point of view. Um, I, I was never against the idea, obviously, because I think, well, obviously my, my knowledge on everything's a little bit, is a lot better now. Um, and I understand just what a life changing act it is for another family. Yeah. As I, as I was saying, it was more, more just from a selfish point of view um, that I wanted her to try and dedicate her life to, to the young family that we had. Uh, I think in an ideal world, surrogacy would be something that would be more beneficial when your children are a little bit older, maybe primary school or even into high school, but obviously that's not the way biology works and you sort of need to strike while the iron is hot and the body is ready. Um, and it was the perfect time for her, um, even if it wasn't the perfect time for the age of our kids. Mm. But, yeah, no, I never, I never had any issues with it because I know what Emmy's like and, um, yeah, I, We've always had a, a real good way of supporting each other with everything that we've wanted to do. Um, so, yeah, I didn't want to stand in the way, especially when I knew um, where, where it all came from in the first place. Mm. Did you participate with the sort of the research or were you relying on Emmy to do that and then uh, feed it back to you? I was, I was very distant in that and not, not for any reason, not that, not that I... Um, was purposefully trying to hold back. Um, but even in, in the, the previous part, like what led us to surrogacy with the whole um, IVF process with um, getting Melina, um, I didn't really spend much time get, gaining that knowledge that really is quite important 
and I was happy for just Emmy to feed it to me, which is a little bit of a, a lazy and a naive way, I guess, now that I look back on things. But yeah, no, I was happy for her to just um, find out what was happening. Um, she kept me informed as we were going along. And I think at times, maybe it might have sounded to her that it wasn't very supportive. Um, but I guess I knew that she was going to research everything thoroughly and she was going to make sure that every I was dot and T was crossed and I was just happy to be filled in as we went along as to where the process stood and what had to be done next. And I was happy for her to tell me, okay, there's a counselling session today, be ready at such and such a time and we're going to meet these people and there's a surrogacy dinner and you've got to be ready at five o'clock and just basically came along for the ride at the end of the day. That must have felt like you were being thrown in the deep end sometimes. Yeah, um, probably the only time I really felt uncomfortable and like I was thrown in the deep end was when we went to this um, first surrogacy dinner. Um, I found I found that quite intimidating. Um, I do consider myself a little bit of an extrovert and I don't um, fear social get-togethers. In fact, I always look forward to any sort of social occasion. Um, but certainly that night when Emmy wanted me to come along and meet Lisa and Henry, but just, so just going to, you know, to that restaurant and, and being in a situation where you're in this room. And I just remember like there were all these people and in a way my heart was breaking because I knew it was full of people that had these dreams that only very few people can actually bring, bring to reality. Um, and so it was when I, met Lisa and Henry for the first time. So I wanted to sort of get to know them. But then there was also just this awkwardness of being around people that I've never met before, a lot that I'll probably never meet again. And I still remember the night, like the music was really loud. And so conversation was difficult. Emmy wanted to spend a bit of time um, trying to connect with other surrogates because it was still early on in the process for her. So she was also trying to, you know, table hopping, a bit I guess to try and get a lot of her um, questions answered and at the end of the day I didn't really have much that I really wanted to know from other people so it was a, just a little bit of an awkward situation in the sense that um, I didn't really know what my purpose there in the evening was apart from meeting Lisa and Henry and potentially just chatting with other people as well. Mm. Uh, now, Emmy went on to carry a baby for Lisa and Henry. Do you remember whether you had much to say about who she chose to carry for? Or was that something that she decided or was that something that you had lots of discussions about? Yeah, there wasn't a lot of discussion. Um, I think because she met up with Lisa a couple of times before that dinner um, and then we obviously all got along very well from the start um, and... So I don't think it was ever, it was, I don't think it was ever in doubt who we were happy to, or who we were happy for Emmy to carry for. Um, I think it was just a little bit um, of the unknown in terms of when do you know that you've answered all the quest that you've got answers to all the questions that you both have. And we caught up for a couple of afternoon teas. Um, they came over here for dinner and we'd all write down questions that we both had and we'd give them to each other and answer them. So every, all the boxes were being ticked. Um, it was just a matter of um, how do you then sign, sign off on this deal? Like it's a, it's a, 
it did take me back to the early days when you're, I guess, dating people and it's like, when does a date become a girlfriend? And <laughs> yeah, like what, what do you actually say and how is that going to happen? And so that was just sort of the, the difficult part. Uh, or not difficult. That was just sort of, I guess, the, the awkward part. But I think um, because of the connection that they built up quite quickly, I don't think there was ever any doubt. I know Emmy would meet other people and, you know, go and, and think to herself, I'd like to help them as well. But, you know, you've only got one uterus, mm -hmm. so you can only pick one person. Um, and just the way they were from the very start, um, it was just an easy process. Mm. Um, so how did you find the process with the counselling and the legals and then the IVF? Um, yeah, good, good. We we had a lovely um, counsellor, Rita, and it was really just like speaking to, it was just really like speaking to a friend. Um, I'm, I'm very, I know that I'm very fortunate in the sense that counselling is something I've never had to um, use in my life. So I went into it just, you know, picturing what it would be like, what, what, what you see on TVs, like the big couches and, and um, you know, quite, quite um, uh, aggressive questioning. But it was really just so casual and chatting and, um, you know, Rita and Emmy could, you know, that they, at times, they just wouldn't stop talking and we'd be there for 40 minutes and I sort of almost was just trying to get a word in here or there. And I'm sure at the, at the start, she probably thought, you know, who's this shy, quiet person, you know, is, it, is does he have an issue because he won't talk? And it was more that I just couldn't get a word in. Um, but I found that whole process quite good. Um, I think the research that Emmy, Lisa and Henry had put into surrogacy um, meant that there wasn't a great deal that I think we really gained from the whole process because I think we had already covered a lot of the questions and, and, um, and areas that she wanted to bring up. But I think it made, you know, it obviously showed that we were all really, really well prepared. Um, and then, yeah, it just all became quite, you know, just really quite easy. Um, the, the, was it the psychiatric assessment? Um, was that that was yeah that was that was a weird that was a weird one. Um, we just went to this house and um, sort of we were the only ones there. I think when we arrived, nobody was there, so it was like we were rocking up to someone's house and got put into this room and got this questionnaire. And some of the questions were just insane. Um, but yeah, so and we were just you know left to our own devices for thirty minutes as we ticked yes or no for you know, two or 300 questions and had a giggle about a lot of the questions, um, you know, where, and obviously it's designed by specialists, by, you know, professionals to try and work out if there are any um, red flags to be raised. But, um, you know, that was, that was all very, very easy and um, a little bit entertaining. And then the IVF process, um, we were obviously in um, an advanced, advantageous position in the sense that Emmy had already done IVF for our third, our third uh, little girl, Melina. So there was nothing there that, you know, was a surprise. Um, we understood, or I, as the husband understood what she had to go through and the drugs that she needed to take to get her body ready. Um, and obviously it was even a, a little bit easier in the sense that we didn't have to do like a retrieval. Um, but just the, the, the more the process of the implantation. Um, and then there was just that very, very familiar, um, nervous, however many days when you're waiting to 
do the test and see if there's that line and, you know, hopefully pass on some really exciting news to some real deserving people. Did you feel that you were as invested in that, in, in Henry and Lisa becoming parents as perhaps Emmy was? Or were you perhaps more of a, stand, a bystander? Um, I think I was, I think I was more of a, probably a little bit more of a bystander. Look, I think, yeah, Emmy and I, I think were both very satisfied and I'm probably talking on her behalf because I don't know how accurate my, this statement is, but I think we wanted to do what we could to help another family. Um, and going through this process, if, if it didn't work, I think it would have been um, devastating to Emmy. Um, but I think if the whole process hadn't have worked, she still would have left knowing that she did what she could to help somebody. I think it would have been a much different result to if you were having your own fertility issues and you tried IVF and it didn't work. Um, I think it's something that she obviously would have got over eventually. Um, so the investment was there. Um, and in another way, like I was more invested because I just wanted like, and, and just, you know, was just hoping and praying and fingers crossed and everything that everything was going to work because I also wanted the process to get started so that the process could also finish, um, which is, might sound like a bit of a selfish comment, but so, you know, so that down the track we could then get back on to living our life mm. with that chapter and that door closed. I think you wouldn't be alone in saying that surrogacy can be quite consuming for everyone in, you know, the entire family. So that's, it's not surprising really. Um, so mm. Emmy was quite lucky that she fell pregnant with the first embryo transfer. Um, what was the pregnancy like? And was it different for you because you knew it wasn't your child? Um, it was different in a couple of senses. Um, she was a lot sicker um, in this pregnancy than she was with um, our three. Um, she had terrible morning sickness. Um, luckily, um, I'm a school teacher and her morning sickness started on Christmas Eve. So my school holidays had just started and um, it basically went for the whole Christmas holidays. So she actually started to feel better about the day before I went back to work. So it was fantastic timing in the sense that I was around to, to look after the kids. Um, then she started to feel better, which was great. Um, certainly meant helped going back to work a lot easier because uh, if I'd have been at work during, you know, those first sort of five or six weeks, um, I would have had to have missed a lot of work, obviously. Um, then things started to get back to normal. Emmy has always enjoyed being pregnant, especially that middle, that second trimester. Um, and then it started to get tough again at the end. Um, she was struggling a lot. Um, both physically and I think emotionally. Um, and then the fact that little baby Harry took so long to come out and meet us, um, those, especially those last 10 days when she was overdue, um, they felt like 10 weeks. Yeah. Um, but luckily, you know, we finally got induced and, and, and that. so the pregnancy was, was pretty similar um, apart from, you know, sort of the, the start and the very end. Um, but certainly it was a lot different from me. Um, I felt just as invested in terms of the health of the baby and that everything was going well with the pregnancy and everything was going well with Emmy. Um, I don't think I was as nervous as what I was for things like 12 weeks scans and, and those sorts of things. Um, it was more just, you know, that 
everything was going still well for Lisa and Henry. That was sort of my main concern and obviously that everything was going well with Emmy and her body. Um, but, yeah, certainly the investment is not there like it is with your own child where you're sort of on, I mean, I don't know what a lot of dads are like, but I'm a little bit of a, a nervous wreck, especially in those first 12 weeks. Um, the amount of Googling and research I do, you know, oh, we're at eight weeks, what's the percentage chance that everything's fine at 12 weeks and what are the chances of this abnormality? So I don't handle those situations very well. So, um, but yeah, so it was still the same, even though it wasn't going to be um, our kid, um, but obviously not to the same level. Mm. And after the birth, what was that like for you and Emmy and the kids back home now that the, the baby was born but not home with you? Yeah, look, that, that, that was great. We, we obviously had one, the, the hiccup um, where Emmy's, uh, where the placenta wouldn't come out. And so Emmy got taken off um, down to theatre. Um, so that particular moment was, was very stressful. Um, I remember sitting in the room with uh, Lisa and Henry and baby Harry and um, their photographer was there and Emmy got wheeled off and, you know, they were, they were just so lovely and supportive to me. Um, and they had this brand new baby that they've been waiting 15 years for. And, you know, they were just almost more concerned about Emmy's well-being than, you know, than the, this beautiful little baby they had in their arms. Um, and, you know, they were saying, look, do you want to have a hold of baby Harry, blah, blah, blah. And I just sort of, I just needed some space. Um, and you know, I, I love exercise. So just went for like a, a nice big walk just to clear my head. Um, and then got back and everything was fine and she was out and she was, you know, it, there weren't any long-term ramifications. So that was a huge ease um, of my mind. Um, and then from that moment on, I certainly had my worries about how Emmy would react. Um, I never had any worries about the kids, um, even though our kids are quite young. Um, they always seem to be on top of everything, um, understanding that this baby was for Lisa and Henry, this wasn't going to be our baby. Um, and from the day of the birth to, to this day, um, I'm still quite blown away by how Emmy's reacted um, and how the kids have reacted. Um, Emmy's just been so happy and perfect from day dot, um, never shown any signs of loss or, you know, trauma from, from everything that happened. Um, our kids love seeing Lisa and Henry because, I mean, they, they love Lisa and Henry and they're just so good with our, with our kids. Um, they love seeing Lisa and Henry and they love now seeing baby Harry with them. Um, and they understand that, yeah, they've just understood from the day that, you know, we, we introduced them to the whole process um, that this is the way it was happening. And I guess kids at that age, they don't know any different. Mm. Um, I know, I remember one of Harry's friends, um, Harry's got a, a little friend in his primary school class. This, that's our eldest son who's now in grade three, but he would have been in grade one at the time. And his little friend um, has got an older sister and they're just, so it's just two, a two kid family. And um, this boy went home to his mum and said, um, I'd really like to have another brother or sister. And his mum was like, oh, sorry, mate, that, that, that ship has sailed. And then he said, oh, maybe we can ask Emmy then because she has kids, she has babies for other people. <laughs> and it was just, it was really cute. And I think it just really showed that they, that even though I, I think we've got to give 
you know, our, our young kids a lot more credit than what we do sometimes. And I think that that really reinforced to me that they understand what, what, what's really happening. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a, a funny little story, that one. Looking back, would you say that the surrogacy journey that you've had is everything that you expected it to be? Look, it was a lot better. Um, it was a lot more rewarding than what I thought it was going to be. Um, I remember when they, when Lisa and Henry announced um, that they were pregnant, they made a video um, that I'm sure a lot of people have, a lot of you guys have seen. And that was incredibly emotional watching that. And I think that's when it really struck me what Emmy was doing and what we as a family were doing. Um, and then the amazing support, supportive comments from, from so many people um, was really quite overwhelming. And I know a lot of people say the, the, the husband is sometimes the lost person in these, in these journeys, but I never really felt like that. Um, I really felt that um, people were um, always, you know, really supportive of me. And I had a lot of people asking how I'm going and how I feel and, you know, and complimenting me on, you know, the, the decision that Emmy had made. Um, and so the, the reward that I got from, from that aspect was a lot better than what it was, than what I thought. Um, and I think also you can't um, imagine what it's going to be like um, when the couple receive their child until you see it and experience it. And, you know, a couple of photos um, that their, their photographer took and you just see the look on Lisa and Henry's face as they're meeting their little baby for the first time. And, um, yeah, I just, I'd, I'd never realised that that would also be as overwhelming as it was. Um, so, yeah, in all, despite, you know, some of the, the trials and tribulations of, um, you know, having three kids and a, and a pregnant wife and dealing with the, you know, the, the pressures and the, you know, how chaotic things can be, um, I never realised just how rewarding the end product would be. That's beautiful. So if you were giving advice to people about surrogacy, sometimes we hear from surrogates that their partners are a bit undecided or unsure about whether to say yes or not. Do you think that a surrogate can do it if her partner isn't supportive? Uh, I think it would be difficult. Um, I, I do think you need, you need to both be on the same page. Um, I think it's, I think it would be quite similar to if you're in a relationship with somebody and one wanted to have a child and the other didn't. Um, I think if you're both not wanting the same thing, it would just cause an enormous amount of issues. Like I know just even in just those first sort of that first trimester, um, just the, the stress of seeing Emmy, you know, curled up in the fetal position and, then knowing that I was basically just hands-on with the kids from the moment they woke up to the moment they go to bed and then after they go to bed, trying to then provide some sort of support to her, it was just exhausting at times. Mm -hmm. um, and then also trying to find time for myself. It was, it was quite difficult and, and I think if I hadn't have, if I wasn't supportive of the whole process, that would have just brought about an incredible amount of resentment. Um, and then I don't think, I still think the process would work. And I think at the end of the day, you, the baby's born and 
the baby moves on to the new family and eventually your life gets back to normal. Um, but I still think that would be an incredibly stressful um, nine months or, you know, however long the whole process takes. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it, yeah, it's something that would just be, in my mind, a little bit too difficult and I think you, you've really got to be aligned. And do you have any advice for partners of surrogates in terms of what support they can lend? Yeah, I, I think I do. Um, I think honesty is such a, a big thing. Um, a couple of things, a couple of times um, where I found it a little bit difficult was, and this is once again the, uh, the negative side to social media, is um, Emmy would sometimes, um, I've I sometimes found it quite difficult trying to find that balance between supporting her and trying to call her out on, you know, sometimes when her emotions would get the better of her. Um, you know, for example, she could have been having a really bad day, feel like she's been going to throw up all day. You know, she gets onto Facebook and, you know, there might be a post of Lisa and Henry enjoying a, a beautiful lunch, you know, at some winery. And, and then, you know, that would frustrate, you know, that would frustrate Emmy. And, um, and then, so it was difficult to sort of find that balance to try and support her, but also to say, you know, look, you've got to realise that these, these people have still got to live their life. You know, they can't just sit themselves in the corner of their house and rock on their rocking chair just because you're not feeling well. I mean, this is what you decided to do. This is what you undertook and you understood that this was what was going to happen. But then in another respect, you want to say, oh, yeah, I know, maybe they, you know. So I think that was, I, I, I did find that difficult trying to strike that balance. And at the end, you know, then the next day, Emmy would, you know, completely say, you know, sorry, you know, I was just totally irrational. Um, I should have, you know, under, uh, you know, understood what was going on. So I think just having that honesty, um, being honest and, and just working out where that balance is. I think also um, another bit of advice might be um, just really trying to strike that balance um, with the intending parents and, and your wife. Like I know Lisa and Henry would often, you know, send me messages or phone calls and say, you know, what can we do to help and how's, how's she traveling? And there were times when I think Emmy needed a little bit more support and, and I just, I was a little bit too proud and thinking that was my job. I'm the husband. I'm the one that needs to provide the support. So I'd say, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's great. Um, whereas at times I should have put my hand up a little bit more and said, oh, look, you know, she is struggling a little bit at the moment. If you can spare some time to come on over or to, you know, give her a call or to do this or to do that. So I think at times, yeah, I had to probably call, call a spade a spade a little bit more. Um, so, they're, yeah, they're probably just a couple of things. Um, but I think the, the, the biggest bit of advice is that, you know, you've got to be as pretty much as committed as your partner before you get into the process because it is a long process and it does, you know, require, you know, two emotional minds you know, heading in the right direction or in the same direction. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you would like to get in touch, you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram or at sarahjefford.com.